Good morning. It is the 28th of February, 2024, and my internet is miraculously working this morning. It hasn't been fixed yet. It just is working. So we're going to be quick about this before we lose our internet signal. Um, and so I have a technician coming to the house later in the morning to work on this, but we are headed into, uh, I think, an interesting season in the church where we're going to hear more and more about synodality and prepping for the next stage of the synod and all the rest of it. Combined with all the things going on in the world, 2024 is going to be interesting moving forward. And I think it, it's a good idea what Cardinal Burke is launching here. He sent this out via email. And since I don't want to actually, you know, I have zero interest in showing anybody the inside of my email inbox just because uh, it's not a prudent thing to do as a general life rule. I did copy the text of his email into a, uh, into a thing here so we can take a look at it together. He's calling for a novena that's nine months long, starting on the 12th of March all the way to December 12th. And as we'll see here, what he has to say, it's pretty short. And then we'll uh, just pivot to talking about another announcement that came out that really kind of shows the season of kind of darkness that we're heading into. And I say that still optimistic about 2024. I will not let go of that. <laughs> that prediction I made in December. So this is the words of Cardinal Burke. My friend, our Lord has not called us to fear. No matter the darkness of our age, men and women of faith are not without the truth and love of Christ, nor the faithful care of his mother. It was during an age much like our own when Our Lady first appeared to St. Juan Diego some 500 years ago. Then, too, the world wrestled with famine and disease, and war in the Holy Land threatened to reduce the beautiful and afflicted region to chaos. Then, too, poisonous confusion from within the church corroded the faith of Christians the world over. And then, too, we saw the forces of sin retreat before the presence of Our Lady. Through St. Juan Diego's humble and courageous cooperation with grace, Our Lady claimed the new world for Christ, drawing nearly nine million new souls into the church by the time of St. Juan Diego's death in 1548. It is the same eternal care and protection that we seek today, a care and protection that she will grant us should we earnestly ask for it. To this end, I am calling on all Catholics, especially those in the Americas, to join to join me in praying a nine-month novena seeking Our Lady's intercession beginning on March 12th. Now, in the text of the email right below that, he has a link, and I will try to post that in my show notes today, assuming my tech issues are fine, So, you, for more information on the actual novena, the words of the prayer. Let's continue, though. The immense spiritual undertaking will culminate in a consecration to Our Lady of Guadalupe on December 12th, her feast day. Those who take up this great spiritual cause can expect short video reflections from me each month to help guide you, in addition to regular written reflections and prayers. The conversion of our hearts unfailingly transforms our world. Let us never lose trust in Our Lady's care for us, and let us never lose faith in the truth and love of Christ. The darkness of sin seems so great, but our Lord has not called us to fear. Evil cannot approach the power of God's grace. Sin cannot prevent our Lord's healing mercy from reaching those who repent and seek it. And nothing can diminish the care and protection of Our Lady for us, which remain as strong today as they were 500 years ago. Yours in the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary and the Purest Heart of St. Joseph, Raymond Leo Cardinal Burke. Very short, straight to the point, and I think a terribly good idea, honestly. <laughs> like This is badly needed right now. So I will post links to the stuff in my show notes. Um, Cardinal Burke has a website, cardinalburke.com. Um, he did not post this there, which I found odd. I check his website at least once a week to see if he has any messages for the public that I typically bring on the weekends. But it's good to have actually, 
you know, some prep time for this. So, um, yeah, that's Cardinal Burke's message. I think we should all at least try to keep to it. How is your uh, re reminder that I have been trying to uh, get people to do the novena, the 54-day novena of novenas, kind of at the same time that uh, Father Heilman is in union with his his uh, intentions, but uh, Joe McLean and I are suggesting people pray for the uh, essentially the, that the wolves in the hierarchy, that the wolves in sheep's and shepherd's clothing actually repent and essentially give up their errors and become Catholic. So I'm hoping you're praying along with that as well, following Father Heilman's uh, format and in union with the one he's doing now, because his intentions are good as also. So as they always are. Um, light light ZZ says. 1531, Our Lady of Guadalupe, 500 years later, 2031. In 1931, Christ spoke to Sister to, to Lucia Fatima, 100 years later, 2031. And if you don't know what the reference to that is, in um, 1931, Sister Lucia, starting in the 19, late 1920s, Sister Lucia had some more uh, spiritual encounters with Our Lady and with an angel and with Our Blessed Lord. And these are all part of the Fatima message. And this is where the infamous 100 years warning comes from in the Fatima message that they, that the princes of the church will follow the, if they don't do the consecration as asked, they will follow the Kings of France in their, what happened to them because in the Kings of France, one of the uh, Louis the 14th, I want to say it was, was told us to, to consecrate France to the sacred heart and do a few other things. He didn't do that. He ignored it completely. And a hundred years later to the day, was the day that uh, King Louis the Sixteenth or Seventeenth was arrested and thrown into the Bastille? So, um, kind of get what's going on there. And now there are some who say the consecration will be done too late. They, the Sister Lucia never said too late. She said it would be done, but late. That is a very big difference. Consecration can happen. I am not a believer that it has happened yet, simply because every pope and presumed pontiff, including the one in Rome right now, seems to want to add intentions to the thing. Not just the country itself being called to be consecrated, but the whole world or other countries involved in their conflicts when it should just be simply do what you're told at one time. And there's examples in the Old Testament of people thinking they can go above and beyond what God requested and it usually goes bad for them. So just do the consecration at one country. That's it. Do it at the beginning, you know. Have a public mass in the Vatican. Have a at the beginning. This mass is dedicated for the consecration. Yada yada yada. At the homily, read the third secret of Fatima. That's also part of the requirement, and make sure all the bishops of the world offer a mass in union with that one that same day. Simple, done. Should not be hard. But for some reason, it's a task that nobody seems to be able to pull off, and we are reaping the whirlwind for it now. Robert Richards says people think the French Revolution was a good thing, especially in schools. Well, that's because they've been fed a really weird line of history about what life was like before this sudden rise in quasi-democracy that we see in the West. This, it's nothing further from the truth. It's like the idea that there were dark ages, for instance, is ridiculous. The medieval period was a time of science and philosophy and other things. It's it's remarkable. It really is the the absolute lies that they tell. In view of Fatima, Our Lady intervening in some direct or indirect way in these terrible times makes sense. It, yeah, it does. And um, as Sister Lucia told us, and I think sis, and uh, Sister uh, Agnes from Akita, she told us also that our Our Lady is seen trying to hold back our, her son's arm from 
exacting justice. She can only do it for so long before justice must be had. <laughs> David Wilson, you'd think the church would know something about obedience, but no, when it comes to Fatima, definitely not. This this is why it's always funny when they when Pope splainers and things invoke obedience, obedience, obedience when uh, the Vatican hasn't been obedient to some very basic requirements. Joe Trainer says uh, one example from the Old Testament: Moses striking the rock two times. Moses was told to strike the rock twice. He did it three times, and he was not allowed into the holy. He wasn't allowed into the promised land. So again, this <laughs> just do what you're told to the letter. That's all you have to do. All right, well, let's go to an example, though, of some of this example of the darkness in the church. This came out, this was a press release put out by the Latin Mass Society of the UK. So they put this on their Facebook. They also have, a, you know, a link to a, the actual website for them. This is a little, a little longer, but not even that long, honestly. So they say, um, traditional Latin Easter tritium services in the Archdiocese of Westminster canceled. Now, you may remember... One of the probably least enforced parts of Traditionis Custodis has been that dioceses are actually required to like limit access on those holy days, the during you know the end of Lent and uh, on Easter and other things to the Latin Mass, because the whole point is to get people back to the Novus Ordo. That's the point of Traditionis Custodis. Some dioceses have been very very quote unquote good about enforcing this evil decree to the point where you may not be able to find a a sanctioned, meaning not SSPX, traditional mass in a diocese during that part of the year. Others will uh, make it so you have to like drive around you know, hundreds of miles in a diocese to be able to attend the uh, the traditional mass every Sunday and on those holy days. So in the in the archdiocese of Westminster, they just canceled the actual you know when you know uh, the final days quasi of Lent here with the Holy Tritium. So there is their press release. We'll just go over it. The Latin Mass Society is grieved to announce that the Cardinal Archbishop of Westminster, Vincent Nichols, of course, will not give permission for the celebration of the major services of the Sacred Tritium, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and Holy Saturday. According to the liturgical books in use before the Second Vatican Council, the traditional Latin liturgy, or Vetus Ordo. And this is what, I'll pause here, and what the, they actually mean by this is the 1962 liturgical books. They're not talking about the 1955 for those of you who are not traditional mass goers, it's a big debate in the traditional mass community is which should be done, the traditional, the pre-1955 liturgical reforms or the 1962. And pre-55 is often what some people go with because the same person who designed the new mass, the stonecutter who did, also was responsible for just shredding the traditional Holy Week offerings in the latter years, the Pius XII's papacy. Um, oddly, it's the SSPX who sticks strictly to the 1962 liturgical rubrics and the FSSP where you will find in some places, far-flung places, the, the pre-55. <laughs> this is why it's an interesting sort of debate. Let's continue. There's been a celebration of the traditional tritium in Arch the archdiocese with the permission of successive archbishops since the 1990s, first in Corpus Christi Maiden Lane and then in St. Mary Moorfields in the city of London. In recent years, these services have been attended by up to 200 people. His eminence places the decision in the context of his ongoing dealings with the dicastery for divine worship in Rome, writing, My approach to these matters is to be within the parameters laid down by the Holy See while waiting for the judgment of the Holy See on which, if any, parish church may be used for the celebration of mass according to missile antecedent to the reform of 1970 his decision he explains was made for the sake of the wider provision in other words 
Westminster is waiting for yet another ruling on the traditional mass. Remember what I told you and what others have told you. Traditionis Custodis was issued in 2021. A lot of bishops hemmed and hawed about, uh, about implementing the, the document. In late 2023, you started getting more bishops, especially after the the clarification document was, in, was issued just before Christmas, December 18th of that year, just like Fiducia supplicants two years later. They, the, after the clarification document, a lot of bishops started writing to Rome asking for permissions to extend their Latin mass offerings while they worked on all the other provisions in Traditionis Custodis. A fair number of them were given that extension. The extension was for two years in most cases. So now that it's early 2024, to the two-year timetable is up for a lot of places. And so far, the early reports are that no further extensions are being granted. So you're going to see a whole lot of these this year. And I would be shocked if we didn't get more during Lent about Easter masses being canceled. I've got a few in my emails in my inbox from places, people saying that their Easter traditional mass offerings have been canceled in line of Traditionis Custodis. So here's the comment on this, though, the press release from the Latin Mass Society. The faithful attached to the Vetus Ordo, which is another term for the traditional Latin Mass, served by Sunday celebrations in St. James Spanish Place, the London Oratory, and, and other locations will now be denied the chance to attend the most important liturgical days of the year, according to this liturgy, within the Archdiocese of Westminster. When Pope Francis's apostolic letter Traditionis Custodis, which restricted the Vetus Ordo, was published in 2021, Cardinal Nichols summarized the Holy Father's concerns, adding, in my judgment, these concerns do not reflect the overall liturgical life of this diocese. LMS Chairman Joseph Shaw comments, quote, In this decision, as in the earlier ending of the 50-year tradition of two annual Vetus Ordo Masses at the High Altar of Westminster Cathedral and the 20-year practice of the Archdiocese, providing the Sacrament of Confirmation according to the Vetus Ordo, it seems that Catholics attached to the older liturgy are being punished for misdemeanors that Cardinal Nichols believes they have not, been, they have not committed. In other words, the, the Cardinal Archbishop there fully admits that this is nonsense, and he's enforcing it anyway. Why? Because of obedience, because of unity, because even bishops with a decent intention will submit to Rome on this, in most cases anyway, unless they actually are harboring some questions about the validity of Francis or think that he might be validly elected pope or something, but is essentially a pretender still because of his errors. Otherwise, you're going to see this in more and more places moving forward, and there's pr precious little anybody can do about it, which is why I always tell people, when people tell you that certain priestly fraternities are bad and you should never go to them because of XYZ weird reason that is not backed up by any formal decrees, don't take those people seriously. Anybody who tells you that the uh, SSPX are in schism is not to be taken seriously because the Vatican has never declared them to be in schism. They have said that they have done schismatic things, but that does not mean that they're in schism. You know what else is schismatic? Going onto Twitter as a bishop and telling people not to follow Francis. That's a schismatic act, but that doesn't mean Bishop Strickland was in schism. Or telling people that there are heresies contained in documents promulgated by Rome is a schismatic act. That does not mean that Bishop Schneider is a schism, Okay. Same is true for using what is understood to be a, a fundamental law of the church to ordain bishops without Rome's permission, which had been allowed anyway previous into the, the uh, revolution of Vatican II, which is what Archbishop Lefebvre did. And he did it because the 
church was in a clear state of emergency. He has been vindicated completely because that state of emergency has never abated. David Wilson says, Francis loves to do the dirty on feast days. Right. This is whenever there's a major feast day coming up that traditional Catholics really like. You should be wary because it seems like those are days that things could happen. Now, they've done this twice on December 18th, which is an old Marian feast day that even disappeared before the 1962 liturgical calendar. And they've done a, they've done this on a few other days. But beware. I did a video once about uh, all the various Pacamama events that happened, a lot of which went under the radar, including like commemorative coins and stamps and things issued that had that demon's image on it. And they were issued on Marian feast days, or they were issued on other traditional feast days. I mean, they, they clearly do this on purpose. This is actually not something that is an accident. All right. So let's just going to check the live chat here. David Wilson, not a good sign. Westminster Cathedral is like the heart of England. Yes. Is Westminster Cathedral where the uh, Our Lady of Walsingham uh, movement has been like the center of? Let me know in the comments. I'm not familiar with the UK as, as much as I'd like to be, unfortunately. But I know that there's been a big movement for the restoration of Our Lady of Walsingham as a major devotion there for the United Kingdom, as well as for like a sort of a healing of the schism between the Anglicans and the Catholic Church in a right ordered kind of way. And I'm pretty sure it's cut out of Westminster Cathedral, but I'm not entirely certain on that. Is communion in the hand a schismatic act? Um, it was in the 1970s and 1980s when Rome repeatedly told them no. And they kept allowing it anyway until they kept doing it anyway until Rome relented. But I think people should not be doing communion in the hand. It, the way we got that and, uh, you know, Lady Altar Boys and all the rest, it's all bad. Like how it all happened. Joe Burns. Good morning, America. Many blessings, much love and prayers for, from Victoria, Australia. Love your show. You're very knowledgeable and informed about a precious Catholic faith. God bless you. Well, thank you, Joe. I've got an uh, Australia-related video today about your Bishop Saunders. And I'm taking a very neutral-ish point on it because I don't trust the people who are going after him. I just don't. And it could very well be that he's actually been... What, what they say he did, he actually did. That may be true. I don't know, but the, but I don't trust the state of that. So check that video out. Understand why I'm taking a more neutral tone on it than I normally would on these kind of things. Because after Cardinal Pell, my ability to trust them is non-existent. Um, do they check the traditional calendar? I almost think they do. But they, they might just have a list of days. So, uh, Traditionis Custodis was issued on July 21st or July 16th, rather, which was of 2021, the Feast of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. Okay. I mean, think about that one for a second. Uh, the clarification was issued on December 18th, another Marian feast day that disappeared from the calendar before the 1960s. I mean, you get the idea. They're, 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 this is a track record, a very, very clear and obvious track record. Colleen says, Prayers for all in the chat. Had some issues with my smartphone. Did hit the like button. Well, appreciate that. Make sure to hit the like button if you can. That would be greatly appreciated. MB Slick. Supich put the kibosh on Easter the first year. Yeah. So that, and then Cardinal Supich, who I used to joke was a friend of the channel when I first started this channel because he was in the news all the time in those days. People didn't get the joke, by the way. That's why I stopped making it. But uh, he hits retirement age this year. Now, it doesn't mean he, his retirement is going to be accepted by Francis. He's likely to keep him there. But it wouldn't surprise me if he sent him to the dicastery for the liturgy because he's already worked, has a sort of a part-time gig there anyway. 
David Wilson, not sure about the Our Lady of Walsingham, but I think the pilgrimage to Walsingham might begin at Westminster. Okay, so it, it sounds like they would be involved in it then. Okay. Sounds like a schismatic act communion the hand for what it's worth as well as blatant disobedience. I mean, it was blatant disobedience in the 70s and 80s before the Vatican finally relented because the modernists were just not going to go along with it. All right. If there's any final thoughts in this chat, let me know. Otherwise, I do ask you to do what I always ask you to do, which is to pray for the church in these times. I will have this stuff up on my site if I can't, if uh, my internet service continues to work properly. I've got a technician coming out later to finally fix the problem. Um, the light says, given what happened at St. Patrick's Cathedral in the States this year, three back-to-back Sunday, St. Patrick's Day, Palm Sunday, and Easter, just saying. Yeah, this is going to be, it's an interesting sort of uh, way these feast days are landing this year. How interesting early, how early it's interesting that uh, we're getting uh, Easter this year compared to uh, recent years. All right, folks, thanks very much for this brief update this morning. And as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.